0: Delmi, 54 years old. When I was little, I had a cousin in a child sponsorship program. A person in the United States sent my grandmother money to pay for his food, shoes, and studies. There were 11 of us, and since the support was plentiful, we all ate. Little by little, everyone studied because our granny pressured us. The only one who did not study was me. Three times I was enrolled and went to school for the first few days. But since I was raised only by my grandmother, every time someone wanted to take a colored pencil or something from me, I would hit them hard. I do not know why I was like this, but I was someone who wanted to fix everything with blows. So as soon as I could not go to school, I did not learn. I liked it better when I was sent to sell things. I grew up in the market in downtown San Salvador because my whole family was working there. El Salvador is beautiful. Its people are very hardworking, but the country is small and full of bad people who are hurting us all. We live like prisoners in our own country because the violence does not let us be free. The gang members want young men to belong to their criminal structures and females to live with them. If you have a business, the gangs demand money from you. And with these fees, they become stronger. With that money, they buy weapons and bribe the authorities. Although not all of the authorities are corrupt, business is no longer what it used to be because people are afraid to go shopping at the market. You live an isolated life. If you want to visit family or friends in another neighborhood, you must first know which criminal structure controls the area because if the gang in that area is not the one that rules your neighborhood, your life is in danger. If you want to build a wall in your house or do some plumbing, you cannot hire someone from outside the neighborhood, because if they are from a rival gang neighborhood, they're going to get killed. And when someone files a complaint, they are a snitch and need to flee. I was a small scale vendor selling underwear and flip flops. I lived with my son in one of these municipalities near the capital, in an area controlled by a faction of the Barrio 18. Everyone who entered or left the neighborhood was asked for money. If a taxi driver came to drop people off, he had to give them two dollars to get out. So then the taxis only went as far as they could without having to pay. When I came home from the market, I would take the last bus, then I would walk about twenty blocks. I would get to my house between 10.30 and 11 at night. I always saw gang members in the dark, at the corners, because at this time of night the police are gone. There they drank and smoked marijuana. When they saw you, they said, lady are you going to collaborate with us they want you to give them a dollar and you have to give it to them you cannot say no once they asked me for five dollars i said no because i had not sold anything that day in my bag i only had the money that i was going to give to my son for transport and food one of them started tugging at my bag another one kicked me i did not let them take it and ran away but it is dangerous if they are on drugs If they are out of their minds, they can hurt you. There is no age limit for the gangs. They can use anyone who lives in their neighborhoods. They asked me if I'd seen a patrol car outside. At the beginning when they asked me, I said, I don't know. I was angry that they asked me because maybe they want to hurt someone. Later when they asked me, I said I was not paying attention because if you collaborate with them, you become an accomplice to evil. How can you complain about them if you get involved in evil yourself? That is why I have always disciplined my son, because if children do not get disciplined, they easily fall into the hands of the gangs. I did not want to see my son in prison, or buried by a gang member, or in a wheelchair because I was a lenient mother. So I was tough on my son. I'm a single mother, but it was necessary to punish him. I punished him. I beat him when necessary so that he understood, so that his mind was not twisted. Gang members start off as friends. They want to lure young people in. They invite them to play video games, to chat with them, and they give them things. When the kids least realize it, they've already become part of their family. I worked hard, bought my son what he needed, paid for his studies. But it is in the poor neighborhoods where there's no help for single mothers and young people where the gangs grow. That is the root of the problem. There are mothers who are overwhelmed, so they leave their children at home and the eldest child needs to take care of them. I took my daughter and my son to the market to help me look after the merchandise. I gave them toys, balls, but if you send your kids to sell elsewhere to peddle products, they are in danger. Either the authorities do not let them work or the gangs sweet talk them and snatch them. This happens because the moms have many kids and do not have the means to raise them. What are these children going to do? At the age eight or nine, they've already transported weapons. They're already participating in evil because the gangs give them a plate of food, a pair of shoes. The gangs have taken over the market in downtown San Salvador because that is where they make a profit. 8 year old kids tell the gangs what they hear and see. They base their extortions on how much a person sells. My son was not approached when he was younger, It was when he was older. What happened is that the police arrested many gang members. So since they no longer had many people to look after the neighborhood, they wanted to recruit all the young people there. My son was 26 years old when the problem started. He was working in a supermarket, but he was giving time to study at the university. On Sundays, my son would go to a soccer field to play. Two of the gang members had been my son's classmates at school. Because of that connection, they always asked him for $3, $5, and he gave them the money to avoid reprisals. To avoid paying every time he went walking, my son started taking a tuk-tuk that would drop him off in another part of the neighborhood. There, he quickly entered the alleyway. When the gang members saw what he was doing, they started going to the soccer field where he played on Sundays and asked him to lend them $25. Then they wanted my son to join their group. At first he took it as a joke to get along with them in peace but they do not ask they give orders one day they came to our house and brazenly told my son that he had to form part of their group my son refused and they said you know what's going to happen to you and you know they can beat you or kill you when they came back i was at a religious service i was not in the house at the time like animals they entered our house through the roof They went out to the patio where our dog had his hut and shot him dead my son had to run away we escaped with just the clothes on our backs and never went back to the house the gang members kept it their relatives live there now we stayed with some nephews in san salvador i hardly went to sell at the market because i was afraid that the gang members would come looking for me later when i thought it was not dangerous i started selling again people who have not lived there And who have not experienced such a situation do not understand what it is like the gang members are young but they carry big weapons they do not talk to you they come and shoot my son filed a complaint with the police but it was useless then he left for mexico i did not go with him at the time because i did not want to leave my grandchildren i went to the attorney general's office to get a copy of the complaint so that my son could give it to comar the mexican commission for refugee assistance about a week later, I got a call. I was afraid to answer the phone because I didn't recognize the number. The man said he was a police officer, but I do not know if that was true. He told me he was calling about the house, that I had gotten in trouble for reporting what had happened. I understood the call as an attempt to intimidate me. I was afraid. In the end, I also decided to leave El Salvador because the gang members had already gotten close to the area where I was selling. I walked around freely in the market but it was an MS-controlled area. I thought the rival gang was not going to go there, but the gangs are expanding. They are capturing the neighborhoods of their rivals. One of them recognized me. He told me I was an old snitch and pulled out a gun. I ran the other way. I could not sell in the streets anymore. I could not work in another market. I would like you know that a complaint would mean something in my country for the information that you share with the police not to reach the gang members god brought me safely to mexico from the southern border to here throughout the journey there is a great danger people can be kidnapped beaten abused raped that is where the real problem for migrants lies and el salvador tattoos are not well received Back there, it is almost only criminals who are tattooed. The first few days I was in Mexico, I was terrified when I saw people with tattoos. But then I realized that they were artistic drawings. This is normal here, my son told me. I stay in Mexico because my son is here, and as an older person, I cannot live by myself. I want to have a place to live, to earn a living, to be able to pay for medicine if I ever need it. I want to do cleaning or help the elderly, but I still do not have a job. When my son came to Mexico, he was working for an electric company. They paid him 12,000 pesos a month, but he tells me that the work here is poorly paid and there are employees who do not pay you what they owe you. Because he was accompanying me to the Comar, he no longer has a steady job. My son and I go to the traffic lights to sell snacks and bottled water. We make enough money to buy food, but when it rains, you do not earn a single cent.